Steve Dace here. Obviously, this is a different voice than you are accustomed to uh, and a different time slot than you are accustomed to me. But we are filling in for Glenn uh, across Blaze TV and the radio network here this morning. So Todders and Aaron McIntyre, good morning to you guys. Good morning. It's, morning. it's been a while since we have seen each other this early in the morning. We do uh, okay. We clean up okay. Well, we don't, uh, but uh, that's okay. Uh, we've already successfully lowered people's standards long before this appearance. But The first lie uncovered. <laughs> uh, I did wake seconds. up uh, to the news that uh, our friend Daniel Horowitz had been permanently banned from Twitter this morning, or at least until October when Elon Musk takes over, I guess. So Daniel will actually be with us here on the radio show later today, so we'll talk more to him. Uh, more with him about that but uh, we have a special themed show coming up so make sure you stay tuned for it here Independence Day weekend, a special show. We're going to take a look at the state of American independence, past, present, and future. Steve Dace here filling in this morning on the Glenn Beck Program. Independence Day is all about celebrating freedom, like the freedom to completely customize your window treatments at Blinds.com. Right now, save up to 50% off everything site-wide for their 4th of July sale. Ordering window coverings online, it doesn't have to mean sacrificing on style or service. Shop the latest styles at Blinds.com. They even have outdoor shades that make your deck or patio the coolest place to be during the summer backyard barbecues. Tanya and I love their design experts. We have used them. We've used live consultations. You need help measuring or installing? They got you covered there, too. Never any hidden fees or misleading quotes. No showrooms or retail markups. And shipping is always free. See for yourself why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments. Save up to 50% site-wide at Blinds.com during their 4th of July sale, now through July 5th only. Up to 50% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, back here on the Glenn Beck Program. Normally, you hear me, if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, about three hours from now. But uh, I am Steve Dace filling in this morning for the one and only Hall of Famer, Glenn Beck. And, of course, I am accompanied by my typical co-host, never partners, 
Uh, Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. morning. Good to have you guys here with us uh, because you are my co-host, Never Partners. This portion of the show is not brought to you by Lindsey Graham, uh, but it will be brought to you by uh, American Independence, or at least what is left of it. On our show every year, heading into Independence Day weekend, we do a special Independence Day themed program. And we thought we would do it for the first time in front of one of the largest audiences in American broadcasting. So we're going to do that for you here today. Also, because uh, I want to talk about absolutely anything other than the January 6th hearing. Uh, I hate soap opera politics. I don't care. It has no impact on your life whatsoever. Uh, But what we're going to talk about here, we hope anyway, today, indeed, we'll do exactly that. We're going to spend an hour looking at American independence from different perspectives, all three of these hours, past, present, and future. And in the middle here, you're going to hear a big announcement about American history and trying to preserve America's heritage, more specifically, America's Christian heritage. I will give you a big announcement about that coming up a little bit later on during the program. But gentlemen, I think if we're going to take a look at American independence, it uh, you know we like to say uh, whether you are a respecter of history as I am or a trad Catholic as you are, Todd, uh, we often like to say on our show that the answers to the future are often found in the past, right? Of course. What does it mean to be a conservative? Now, who knows if that term means anything anymore? Um, but when I signed up to be a part of this industry slash movement, I-, I thought that the definition of conservative was really the root word of the word, to conserve. What is it we're trying to conserve here? The things that history has already revealed to be good, true, and beautiful for human flourishing, while also recognizing human limitations. We are sinners. We are sinful. We all need a savior. Human nature is not basically good, and yet there is this tension that human nature is not basically good, but pardon me, at the same time, it has cosmic worth because it carries the Imago Dei. We are the only beings in all of the universe, at least as far as we know anyway, made in the image of the only living God. We're the only beings on this planet that have souls. We are the only beings, therefore, on this planet that have cognitive ability, the ability to morally choose. When a lion has satiated himself on a herd of antelope in the Serengeti and then pukes up what he just ate for his pride to have their breakfast, and then a wounded antelope comes across the plain, the lion doesn't stop and think, you know, I'm going to let this one slide today. I've had my fill. No, the lion acts on instinct and pounces anyway. That's the difference between us and animals. We can morally choose because we are the Imago Dei. And it's with this recognition of this tension. See, the the founders were not infested with progressivism, Darwinism, human utopianism. They hadn't read Horace Mann, Thomas Dewey. And if you're a longtime listener to the Glenn Beck Show, you know all these names. They're part of Glenn's greatest hits. I might even, you know, mix in a Woodrow Wilson reference for you here this morning as well just to touch them all but they weren't poisoned their cultural bloodstream wasn't poisoned by any of those influences yet and so they had a a much more objective view at human history and they tried to learn lessons from history and in doing so crafted what i believe to be the single greatest human engineered 
philosophical framework in the history of our species. The Declaration of Independence. And this weekend, that's actually what we are commemorating for over the 200th time. Yet how many of us truly know it? How many of us have actually heard it, studied it? I wonder, you know, I think it was about 20 years ago after 9-11, when they did the Super Bowl after 9-11, is when Fox Sports began the tradition of when it hosts the Super Bowl, having the dignitaries and the former presidents come forth and read the Declaration of Independence in the lead up to kickoff. I often wonder when they do this every three or four years when they host the Super Bowl, how many times Americans are hearing these words for the very first time? This is what the prophet means in the Old Testament. He says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. He's talking about they have, they have not been fed their heritage. The legacy has not been passed on. And now they are just roaming in the ethereal, the morass of a fallen world waiting to get picked off. That's what that means. And they're lost. And it kind of feels that we are lost as a society. So I thought this very first hour, if we're going to delve into the past of American independence, let's begin when it began, by looking at the Declaration of Independence itself, but looking at it in a framework that maybe you've not heard it studied before. It begins with these words, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another and assume among the powers of this earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to such a separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them it shall see most likely to affect their safety and happiness." Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. That's a recognition of human nature there. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. So right away, Thomas Jefferson, who writes these words, he is letting you know that this is a document of secession. I said it. I if you would like to go with separation, we may. Divorce, perhaps. But really, the, these United States, these United States, they are seceding from the British crown. This is an announcement of a divorce decree. And Jefferson is also stating the grounds for this divorce, that the King of England has violated the highest law of them all, that he does represent a law, but he is not the law. The law, the ultimate law, are the laws of nature and nature's God, otherwise known as natural law. They were heavily influenced by Blackstone's commentaries on the laws of England, which is a discourse 
in natural law or the laws of nature and nature's God. And you have to remember that almost all of the 13 colonies were either founded or settled by some vestige of the Christian church. And in some of these Christian traditions, uh, particularly Anabaptist ones like Quakers and places like Pennsylvania, uh, any form of revolt against government in their view under any circumstances was in violation of Romans 13. And so therefore, in order for them to hang together so they don't hang separately, Jefferson realizes that he's got to make an argument here beyond just no taxation without representation. It's going to have to go higher than that to get everybody on board. And so he attempts to transcend this debate by appealing to something transcendent. In doing so, Jefferson effectively authors the mission statement of American exceptionalism. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That is the mission statement of your nation. That's its mission statement right there. And in asserting this, the Founding Fathers also assert there is a God of this universe, and it is not government. And that government is to be every bit as accountable to that God as are the citizens. And just as if I went home and announced to my family, hey, dad's breaking bad, we're getting into the Ozark drug trade. The family, even though I was given headship by God over the family, the family should disobey me because I'm in disobedience to God and not obey men, but obey God instead. This is the argument that they are now making. The king is in disobedience to God. For us to obey the king would put us in disobedience to God. And we have an obligation, a moral obligation to follow the laws of nature and nature's God, regardless of what's going on in the court of King James with Mad King George. And that therefore, resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. We'll pick up the conversation from there in a moment. These days, you use your personal information to do just about everything, especially when you're online. But with all that information just floating out there, it can make the Internet a practical goldmine for identity thieves. Actually, that's, that's not fair to gold miners. Mining is actually hard work. Stealing your identity is dangerously easy. It's also incredibly costly and terribly frustrating if you get hacked. Now is an easy time to join up with LifeLock and... Help protect yourself with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock monitors your information and alerts you to personal identity threats. And if you are a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock. They can't protect you from everything. Nobody can, but they're the best in the business in my book. 800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% off your first year. Identity theft protection starts here. Steve Dace here filling in this morning for Hall of Famer Glenn Beck alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. If you are a Blaze TV subscriber, and if you're not yet, you can become one at blazetv.com slash Dace. It's just 
10 bucks a month. We do all kinds of exclusive content for you there every day as well. Uh, you're used to, if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, hearing me in about two and a half hours. You won't be today. I'm filling in for Glenn instead. And if this is the first time you've ever heard uh, our show or what we do, by all means, please uh, subscribe on Blaze TV. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, Spotify, uh, at all. We appreciate all of that. You can also email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. And you can look for us on all of the socials, Steve Dace or Steve Dace Show, everywhere from Instagram to TikTok to Twitter, uh, where we're always on borrow time, Facebook, uh, Trump's Truth Social, and everywhere else. So we're looking at uh, the state of American independence today. As we head into Independence Day weekend, we always do an Independence Day theme show each year. We're going to do it this year for you here on the Glenn Beck Program. And we're looking at the origin, the past of American independence, because we think the answers to the future are often found in the past. Maybe not the specific device or application, but the ideals, the traditions, the morals, the philosophies, the concepts are usually found there. And as we go through this Declaration of Independence, we now enter into an itemization of charges. This is written as a legal document, as a divorce decree, and now, now the grounds for secession. And he lists a long train, using their own term here, of abuses and usurpations. We're not going to go through all of these, but I do think here's what's worth noting more than anything, is that the abuse of the judiciary is the most named violation. Huh. See, in colonial England, there were two branches of government. There was the monarchy and the parliament. But at this point in English history, the parliament had no real legislative power, and so it was essentially one branch of government, the king. The courts served directly under the king. So they were out of places to, to redress. They were out of places for their appeals to be heard. When they, when they created an independent judiciary, this is what independent means. I, I know they teach in the left-wing uh, spirit of the age law schools today that independent judiciary means the court determines its own jurisdiction. No, that's what oligarchy means, <laughs> okay? That's what an oligarchy means is that when an unelected body that you didn't vote for determines how much power it has. That's what oligarchy means, guys. All right, independent judiciary meant an independent branch of the other two branches. For our benefit, not for its so that we would have more options to have our grievances heard, not so that they would have more weapons to punish us with, as it so often, this most recent Supreme Court session notwithstanding, as it so often plays itself out. Have you cleared all that with the January 6th committee? Because I think they might have a different answer. <laughs> uh, I think they have a lot of different answers. Uh, many of them uh, not verifiable. Now, in his closing argument... Jefferson reveals that this divorce decree is not to be taken lightly. It's not to be done cavalierly on a whim, but only as a last resort since the crown made it clear that it wouldn't answer or waver from its tyranny. They had spent years making appeals to the court. Jefferson had made himself appeals to the court. At 33, he was one of the oldest founding fathers at 33. He writes, in every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated peti petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act. That's a Machiavelli reference there. The prince, a prince whose character is thus marked by every act, which may define a tyrant, is unfit to be a ruler. 
of a free people, nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our emigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by their ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations. He is saying, we're Englishmen. We came from the same Church of England. We came from the same Blackstone traditions of law. Where is this common thread of English tradition and heritage? It's been lost. And at the very least, not extended to us. Which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consequinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. You have violated the social compact, Jefferson says. You violated it. We have this in America now. We essentially have a bicameral duopoly political system, Republicans and Democrats. Oh, there are conscientious objectors, but that's the majority of the system, just like there were, you know, patriots and Tories at this period of time. Or loyalists. What happens within that duopoly when one side decides that the social compact is null and void? We will not practice self-limiting principles anymore in order to honor it. We will not obey it. We will disregard it as we see fit. And we will impose our disregards on you as we see fit. There is nothing new under the sun. This isn't new what we're facing today. The answers to the future are often found in the past. They face these exact same things. That's why they forged this document in response. Finally, Jefferson concludes in a very intriguing way. He invites God to judge the motives of those committing to this revolution. Doesn't go, vote populi, power to the people, storm the Bastille. He says, no, we, we are sinners. We must be judged every bit as much as we are listing the judgments against King George. We are accountable to the laws of nature and nature's God as well. We are under that potential judgment as well. If we are wrong, judge us accordingly, Lord. And we'll pick it up from that conclusion when we return. If you're living with aches and pains, especially if they're frequent and nagging and relentless, I want you to take a moment and think back to the last time you really felt good. Can you even remember what it felt like? Now, here's even a more important question. What would you give to go back to feeling like that again? Maybe it would just be nice to take a stroll with your loved one or play with your grandchildren. I've suffered from persistent, crippling pain almost all the time for about five years. When I started taking Relief Factor, I took it because my wife made me start taking it. I didn't think it would work for me. 
Yet here I am today, virtually pain-free, doing the things I love to do, all thanks to my wonderful wife and Relief Factor. I love that it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Are you part of that 70% that can get your life back? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Relieffactor.com. Doing our part to keep free speech alive. There's much more after the break on the Glenn Beck Program. We are the Steve Day Show. That is yours truly, Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. We are typically the news radio show that comes on after Seinfeld here on Blaze TV. But uh, today we are filling in for Hall of Famer Glenn Beck, and we're giving you a, a, a special show. We do a special Independence Day show every year so that our people don't perish for a lack of knowledge. We do our part to pass on the heritage and legacy that was given to us. And to that end, we've got a, a special announcement coming up later in the program uh, with a tool to help you pass on your traditions and your legacy to your children. Uh, if you are interested in the conversation that... We've been having about the Declaration of Independence this hour. Uh, if you're watching on Blaze TV, you see my most recent book, Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Believe It Much Longer. This study of the Declaration and more is right out of this book. So you can get that today. It was uh, meant to be a modern update of the great Francis Schaeffer's work, The Christian Manifesto. It came out late last year, an opportunity for us to learn how to confront the spirit of the age. So if you like what we've been talking about this hour, get your copy. It's a study guide. It's got study questions. Todd came up with those questions. And so this is meant to be done in a group setting, a small group, men's group, women's group, etc. Uh, when you go to uh, Amazon, just look for Do What you believe or you won't be free to believe it much longer let's get to the conclusion of the declaration of independence so jefferson is is invoking the potential wrath of god he's invoking the judgment of god matthew 7 judge not lest ye be judged for by the same standard you judge others so shall you also be judged now that's today's uh, spirit of the ages it used to be john three sixteen. it was everybody's biblically ignorant favorite uh, bible verse now it's matthew 7 taken completely out of context but this is matthew 7 in context jefferson is saying we should be held by the same standard we don't want to be the new despots to replace the old despots we don't want to we're not this isn't a proto orwell book where it ends with and they look from pig to man and man to pig and back to pig again and they couldn't tell the difference we're really trying to be distinct here different and he writes these words, We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, judge our motives. That's the most intimate judgment to give someone their own motives. Judge our motives, Lord, we invite it. You are the supreme judge. Do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the british crown and that all political connection between them and the state of great britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war conclude peace contract alliances establish commerce and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence the sovereignty of God, 
We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And that concludes, ladies and gentlemen, what I think is the finest human essay, merely human essay ever written in the history of our species. And how did God respond? How did God respond to opening their chests, basically, and saying, judge? These are imperfect men. They were sinners. Some of these men are in hell now. They never repented of their sins sufficiently. None of us go to the church of George Washington, arguably the greatest all-time American, but... I don't go to the church of George Washington. Do you guys go to the church of George Washington? We do not. No. Some of them own slaves. No. Not nearly as many as you think. In fact, if you guys listen to Beck, you'd know this. They voted 11 to 2 to remove the plank from the long train of abuses that accused the king of bringing the barbaric slave trade to the colonies. Uh, Georgia and South Carolina, if I remember right, were the two states that voted no. The other 11 voted yes. So, yes, there were some who were slave owners. There were several others who started abolitionist societies, meaning it was a rather eclectic group, eclectic for the times, of course. I mean, they all hailed from a very similar value system, but within that was a very eclectic group, very modern for the latter 18th century, very well enlightened. And yet, despite those flaws and imperfections and hypocrisies among them, because they were sinners too, as the song says, God shed his grace on thee. This has been, over the course of its 230 plus year history, the most blessed nation God has ever permitted on the face of his creation. We are not a new Israel. We are not in specific covenant with God. There's nothing prophetically unique about us. If and when we assume the position on the ash heap of history with the rest of the former superpowers of this world who uh, forgot that there was a God above them and that they were not God, they were not masters of the universe. If and when that occurs, not one less person or one more person will end up in heaven or hell because we're now a footnote. Let us not make the mistake of the Old, Test Old Testament Israelites who had forgotten that it's because they were chosen that they were special, not that they were special, so they were chosen. But God, in his sovereignty, sought to go ahead and make an example out of us as a nation. That even in the civic realm, if we pray and seek his face, he will forgive us our sins and heal our land. He'll permit us to be in a small civic way a light to other nations a sh shining city on a hill if you will because ultimately by doing so it doesn't really prove the exceptionalism of america but the power sovereignty mercy and grace of almighty god elevating this country of humble origins from 13 colonies through a manifest destiny to the final superpower left in the world. And in less than three centuries, nothing like this has ever been accomplished in the arc of human history before by just mere, a mere conqueror. 
This is, as Jefferson wrote, divine providence. Which means, what will happen to us if we forget that? What is happening to us as we have forgotten it? Todd and Aaron, let's bring you guys into the conversation now. Your thoughts. Well, I love a couple things about this. The fact that the ethos of this is, here I am, Lord, I can do no other. I must testify publicly to the truth. Through and through, there's not, you know, it's, it's your own, we're addicted today to notions of my truth. There is no such thing and because there is no such thing, and it is so important to get to the right version uh, of it, it must be conducted out loud and in the public. We we've seen so many school board meetings and and these people sitting there silently while while the public comes to them, uh, you know, after being called domestic terrorists uh, and, and begging and pleading for sanity to restore. Well, here Jefferson has told us it is. It, we don't. We would never get to this place where we are right now if we plant our flag in, in all things and say the truth must be shared out loud. It's not for the subcommittee we elected. It's for me and you and all of us right here and now. And because it is, the second thing I love about this is they're making demands, and they're making demands that would are far more difficult for them to do than if we than for us today if we just showed a little courage. I don't care about tone. None of that nonsense. Decorum, all the things we're sub- that are meant to quiet us down. No, truth. It is that important to fight for. It is that important to die for. Our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. We will not be cast aside. We are going to assert that this is our demand. We're not just having a pleasant conversation. We demand this because it is good, it is true, and it is beautiful. That is extremely well said. Aaron, let's get your thoughts on this here in a moment when we come back. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Greetings, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, dog lover and founder of Rough Greens here. If your dog has bad breath, something's wrong. If your dog has low energy or itchy, scratchy skin all the time, maybe it has a dull coat, there's something wrong. Many years ago, it became obvious to me that dogs struggle with all kinds of issues and I realized it's because dog food is dead food. That's why I created Rough Greens. It's packed with omega oils, essential vitamins and minerals, powerful probiotics, digestive enzymes, tons of antioxidants. You don't have to change your dog's food to improve your dog's health. Just add a scoop of Rough Greens. It's super easy, and over a little bit of time, you'll see your dog change right before your eyes. I'm so confident that Rough Greens will help your dog. My dog and I are going to offer you a free Jumpstart trial bag so your dog can try it before you buy it. You just cover the shipping. Order your free Jumpstart trial bag today by going to roughgreens.com. That's R-U-F-F-Greens.com. So we are the Steve Dace Show, filling in for Glenn Beck here today. Steve Dace with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. It is a special Independence Day show that we do each year on our show. We're doing it for you here 
on the Glenn Beck program this year. Each hour, we take a look at the state of American independence. Next hour, uh, the present state of things, uh, what we like to call the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Our colleague Daniel Horowitz will join us for that conversation next hour. At the at the top of next hour, if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, you're going to get an exclusive update on where things stand with a nefarious movie. For those of you that uh, recall, the very first time I ever appeared on this show was after Glenn had read my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot. And some film producers actually just happened to be listening to the show that day and ended up buying the movie rights to that book after they read it on Glenn's recommendation. Well, uh, we'll give you an update on where that movie stands for Blaze TV subscribers in the exclusive window here at the top of the hour at blazetv.com slash dace. But let's finish up the conversation here. And again, if you like uh, what we the way we broke down the Declaration of Independence, there's a lot more of this. And this kind of study in my most recent book, Do What You Believe, where you won't be free to believe it much longer. But let's wrap up where things stand looking back to the past, Aaron. And uh, it's your turn to give your thoughts on taking another look, a fresh look at the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence, it is a beautiful, a beautiful, as you pointed out, essay. It is not just a beautiful essay, though. It's, it's an eloquent legal document, yes. Not just an eloquent legal document. I think what sets the Declaration of Independence apart from maybe any other document in, in Western civilization, I would submit is that for all of the foibles and, and shortcomings, some of which you pointed out of the founding fathers, of, of the signers of, of the Declaration of Independence, what sets this apart is that I believe in many ways, and I would even submit fundamentally, the entire thing is their best attempt, foibles and all, at an act of worship. It really is. Because what it's doing, as you pointed out at the beginning, what it's doing is putting God in his rightful place. Mm. Resistance to tyrants is obedience to, to God. That's really what the Declaration of Independence is doing. And that's why I think it's so unique and so set apart and so different from, from any other document up until that point and, and really since in Western civilization. Unfortunately, as, as we're going to segue into the next hour here, the resistance to tyrants is obedience to God has, has sadly become acquiescence to tyrants is loving thy neighbor in many ways. That's what the mantra of, of many of our fellow countrymen has become. And until that, that spirit of the Founding Fathers is recovered, until the spirit of the age now is, is vanquished or at least put away, we're still going to put up. We're still going to witness what we witness day in and day out. The madness and chaos of mankind unrestrained. Because what the Declaration of Independence admitted is that mankind left to its own devices. King George is unrestrained. Mm. Mankind under no king but King Jesus is what we're going for. Amen. I mean, the, the, here's the bottom line of all of this. What sets our way of life apart from all previous ones? What is it? What is it? What, what creed? The great Christian thinker G.K. Chesterton once said that, that America... British, by the way, America was the only country ever founded on a creed. 
what is the creed? It's very simple, actually. Rights come from God, and we should align our laws with the laws of nature and nature's God. Period. That's it. That's it. Right there. That's the whole of Americana. Right there. Rights come from God. Therefore, that puts government in its proper context. Government exists to protect and defend God-given rights. And one of the primary ways that it does it is by punishing evil. So that good may flourish. And that if there is a God, the most logical thing we could possibly do would be to, as best as we can, align our most basic legalities with his revelation. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't covet. Basic moral precepts right out of the Ten Commandments which is why we posted them in every public building at the founding of the country, including the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, that's it, folks. Very simple. <laughs> but not easy. Not easy. If it was easy, there'd have been other Americas prior to us. It is not easy. What's not easy is our own nature gets in the way. And what happens when you live in an era when that occurs. Well, that's what we will discuss here as we look at the present state of American independence in hour two next. This is the Glenn Beck Program.